0: All right, good morning, welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Back to local programming for the next uh, seven hours. We appreciate you starting it here with Trent and myself as we take you up until 1. The BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. It's the clones and the hawks and the chicken coop. We'll start at the bottom of our number one, Chris Williams. I uh, will do a hit on Iowa State, both basketball and uh, football with Chris, a cyclone fanatic and Iowa everywhere for Chris Williams. He joins us at 11.30. 12.15, uh, Tom Kakert. From HawkeyeReport.com, part of On 3 Media. We'll recap again the women's uh, loss last night on the road at Indiana with Tom. Take a look at the men as they uh, get set to take on Illinois, a... I would, As we said yesterday, as you said yesterday, a pissed-off Illinois team the way the game ended at Penn State the other night. Uh, So we'll talk about that with Tom. Sprinkle a little little football as well and give four of you, it's about 12.45, give four of you an opportunity to win some grub from the chicken coop. The the winner will get a $50 gift certificate from the chicken coop to use as they please. The runner up gets 20 wings. If you haven't played in the chicken coop uh, promotion here in the last uh, 30 days, you are eligible to do so uh, we'll give you that cue to call about 1240, somewhere in that time frame. I uh, look forward to getting a full slate of basketball tomorrow. Tonight is a bunch of yuck on the on the hardwood, but um, a little, little, little hockey game's got my attention. Connor Bedard going up against the good guys. Uh, Trent, didn't go well last night for the Iowa women. No. I don't know if this was a template of how to uh, perhaps slow this team down. Uh, but um, boy, Indiana, just, and you picked Indiana yesterday. I think you went perfect on your picks, did you not? Yeah, including that one, 6 and 0 yesterday.
1: So it was uh, the hot streak continues going back to last uh, Friday or the last eight days. We're adding a lot of units, and hopefully we can uh, keep building it up as we make our way through March. This is the time of year where I uh, usually fun kind of the rest of the year.
0: <laughs> oh, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Build up that bank loan uh-huh. a little bit because hopefully uh, take a little bit out. Yeah, baseball, football, et- et cetera, uh, NBA, basketball, playoff-wise anyway. So good uh, good job on your picks. We'll, uh, hopefully you'll we'll have a couple of those mm-hmm. before we get out of here just before 1 o'clock. So what did you make of the game last night? Indiana certainly wanted to uh, have a little chip on their shoulder for when they were over at Carver earlier in the month of January, and it didn't go their way, and it didn't go the Hawks' way last night. Caitlin Clark had 20 in the first uh, half and 4 in the second half.
1: Yeah, and even 20 points, what was it, 26-4 and in the first half? For her?
0: Yeah, I think that was her line. 20
1: points, six Six rebounds, rebounds. four assists. Yes,
0: that sounds about right.
1: And it felt like she was playing bad. Well, she missed three out of four free throws. I mean, when are you going to see that again, including two in a row? Right. I mean, talk about a rarity. Oh, my God. That was absolutely the case. It was just a night where you could tell, even though she had 20 points, she didn't have it. She wasn't at her best. Now, there's a couple of things that you have to go to, and first... The Defense that they were playing on her, uh huh. They, they are equipped in a way that very few women's teams are. Well, Scalia was terrific, and she was great offensively. Yep. But when you have Garzan, she's the 6'3 girl, mm-hmm. she's athletic, yep, she has length, yep. They're just and her... she can shoot a little bit too, yeah, absolutely. She knocked down some shots, but uh-huh. her as a defender, it's something that. They're not going to see often, uh-huh. but there are teams that do have. How that. Old, How tall is she? Six three. Is she really? Yeah, and she. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. Uh-huh. I thought hey, maybe six one. No, she's listed at six three, and that kind of length that can give you mm-hmm. problems. And you go back to a year ago and you talk about the run that they made. Well, also remember, Stanford lost number one seed yep. in that region. Yeah, Duke, the number three seed, lost. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They had to play Colorado instead of Duke. Duke had a great on-ball defender. One of the best point guard defenders in basketball a year ago. Well, they didn't have to face him. He was out of the way. And that's what can happen. Yes, they made the championship game, but they were tooth and nail to beat Georgia mm-hmm. in the round of 32. after were losing the year previous in the round of 32 to Creighton. Great, yeah. And I think we're seeing that this team is still good. And when they're at their best, they can compete with anybody, mm-hmm. maybe short of South Carolina, yeah. in women's college basketball. But when they're not... They can get blown out of the gym. And that was yeah. the case yesterday. Caitlin needed her teammates, and her she, teammates weren't there. Uh,
0: Kate Martin would be the only one that answered. She was always six of three. Yeah. You know, Stulky was pushed around. I mean, Mackenzie Holmes last night. Huh? Look,
1: she I, had I a chip on her shoulder, didn't she? She did.
0: And and a lot of people are being critical. Of, I don't get it. I mean, this is sports. Yes, this absolutely. is sports. and This p- is good for the women's game that it is a little chippy. Mm-hmm.
1: There's being dirty, and there were a couple, maybe dirty. But the hollering in the
0: face after she swats stulky shot. This just, was, just wasn't staring her down. This was stalking. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and she did the same to Caitlin when she blocked one of her shots. Hawkeye
1: fans, you can't have it both ways. No. If you celebrate Caitlin Clark and everything that comes along with her, mm-hmm. the attitude on the court. Right. The showmanship, uh-huh. all those different things. You can't celebrate Caitlin Clark and then get pissed. Nope. Oh, man. But there be... No, no, I no, 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 we no. saw a lot of that last oh, night. Oh, absolutely. A lot of that last night. You can't have it both no. ways. Caitlin Clark, that's what makes her what she is. Mm-hmm. But when it happens to you, you can't get all butt hurt because oh, they're being a little bit. Be- no, no, no. It I think doesn't this work is great for the women's game trend. Right I think this you. is
0: what you want to see. You mm-hmm. want you want to see a little bit of nastiness on on the floor, and we saw that last night. Mackenzie Holmes unstoppable when she gets that ball down low. Isn't she? So My God. She and so and, um, and look, Iowa stalky has she just can't guard her. She just can't guard her. And and Holmes is bigger, more physical. Um, not that Stulkey was awful; she wasn't great by any means, but she wasn't terrible. She just meant she met her match, and her match was Mackenzie Holmes, and so she's flat out better. You mentioned
1: Scalia, and that was one of the reasons I was concerned coming into this game. So she was zero for four in Iowa City, and as a whole, Indiana didn't shoot it well. Uh, since that game, this is the number of three pointers that Scalia has hit since the game against Iowa: five, six. Three, four, three, five, four, four, two in the lost <laughs> Illinois, and, then, and three then three last night. night. Yeah, I mean, to think that she was going to go for again, not very no. likely. No, nope. Indiana is the best three point she- shooting team in the country. And they were terrible in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. To think that that was going to happen again in their own gym—that was probably my number one concern inside. But I got some numbers for you. We got to talk about Gabby Marshall.
0: Yeah, she just—we absolutely do.
1: Not only is she not making shots, nope. she's scared not to taking shoot. shots. Yes. She took one three last night. One or two threes last night. She made one three. And they were laying off of her. Uh huh. And that, they can. It clogs up the yeah. paint and it makes it incredibly difficult yeah. for Clark to do her thing. Whether it's distributing the ball or actually taking it to the hole. But what do we hear every single time we bring this up, Ken? You've heard it. I've heard it. Every she, single time. You got to play her because she's such a great defender. And you watch her. She is. Mm-hmm. She seems to be a good defender. The metrics don't back that up. Is that up. right, huh? This season. These are the numbers for her. Two defensive efficiency numbers for an individual player. Defensive win shares and defensive rating. She is seventh on the team out of the regulars, out of the nine regulars in win shares. She is last on the team in defensive rating. Mm. Last on the team. I get it. She takes on the best offensive player usually. Mm -hmm. It's not that she's a terrible defender, but when she is playing this poorly on the offensive end of the floor and is unplayable, her defense isn't that elite.
0: That you have to no, have her out She has uh, to shoot the basketball. Train, yes. And she doesn't want to shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. Train. So if she comes out or she gives up, she's going she's gonna, to gonna play. Right, yes. But she had 34 minutes last night. So redistribute them. Who would get them?
1: I would play O'Grady more. Okay, I've maintained this from the beginning of the year. So put some more size on the floor. Now she got two chippy fouls. Both of those fouls that she got uh, right away, one they were for both, sure. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. both. Yeah.
0: You get it, but and I didn't think the officiating was egregious. No, like women's women's uh, officiating is bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: you think was, the men's game is bad, and yeah, we got right. a lot of newbies that are coming in, right. yourself included. Yeah. To you, the women's game, yeah, yes. You complain about that. Yeah. Well, watch a women's it's, game. It's bad. But it's bad
0: both ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, Iowa shot more free throws last night, or did they? It was close. It was close, yeah. Uh, than Indiana. It wasn't an egregiously fishy. Look, Caitlin Clark probably, they called uh, uh, whoever was guarding her, that little <laughs> shove-off. At the end of the first? Yeah, at the end of the first half. I mean, that's a no-call if there's if anything, yeah. right? But to ring up the Hoosier? Come on.
1: Yeah, that was a bad They're call. That's terrible. Um, I would play O'Grady more. And I, I just believe two reasons. First, she can help you out. Stulky is a more traditional four. Yeah. You get the size of her, coupled with her athleticism. I think that's something that could be mm-hmm. really good for her game. O'Grady can help you out. Now, I'm not asking her to play 25 minutes a game. But what did she play last night? Nine. Ten. Oh, nine. Yeah. 16 to 18, something more mm-hmm. in that range. Goodman, maybe a little bit more. There's going to be certain matchups come tournament time. They're going to have to play their bigs more. It's just going to happen. I would go that direction. And a falter. Folter is a stud. I mean, she's five foot eleven. She feels like she's six four. I mean, she just (laughs) she plays so big for her size. She can knock down that she's a lot like Warnock was for them a year ago. Not as tall, not a traditional, you know, post that can step out. She's more of an outside perimeter based player, but she's such a good rebounder. She's a good defender. I'd say more minutes for a Folter, more minutes for O'Grady, maybe a little bit more for Goodman. Another one, Kylie Fierbach. Yeah. She's got four points in her last like 75 minutes played. Right. What, what? And there were expectations on yes, her absolutely. coming into the year, right? Well, when we saw her at the beginning of the year. She was pretty good off the bounce. She's one of the few teams on this team. It's really just Caitlin and Molly Davis. Or
0: yeah. Kate Martin, too. Kate Martin. She, yeah. She'll have the, what, 19? But then after
1: that. It drops off huge. It does. That's not Gabby's game. It's not any nope. post
0: players play. And, and I, I don't know scoring wise who's going to be able to pick up that slack. But Fearbox's been bad. Yes, she has. And she's been a huge disappointment uh-huh. because
1: coming off the injuries, and she's had a multitude of those. But we saw those pieces earlier this season. I thought, yeah, maybe she's going to get it. And she can be you know, 12 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if the shot continues to struggle for Marshall, and same thing for Martin, you got to play Taylor McCabe more. She can knock down shots. And. They need that. The way the defense is collapsed on Caitlin Clark, you need a shooter out there. I think McCabe is somebody that absolutely can help you on that route. So that's the direction I'm going. I don't think Gabby Marshall is going to be knocked out of the starting.
0: No, line. well, but no, but her minutes need. But the to, rotation, yeah, yeah. right?
1: And if it's another one, scared to shoot. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like last night. Then I'm with you. She was just completely the confidence of yep. shot. It happened a year ago, and she was able to pull herself out. But that happened a little bit earlier than it is right now. It's February 23rd. Mm. There's not a whole lot of time. you got three regular season games left. Sunday, the next one, right? Illinois? Illinois, Sunday at noon. noon. Go up to Minnesota. And that's Fox Sports 1.
0: Is it? Yes, FS1.
1: And then wrap up, of course, against Ohio State, which does not appear that it'll be for the Big Ten title. No, it
0: doesn't. Uh, not anymore. But they're going to get a couple of home games. Would you fall off your uh, off your chair if they don't make it through the first weekend? Mm. No, I wouldn't either. I think
1: it's matchup dependent. I'm with you 100. percent right. Georgia, Creighton, those are two perfect examples of yeah. it, and it just takes, as we've seen, one bad night for Caitlin Clark and, mm-hmm. and get yeah, I out think of we
0: got to give Indiana a little more credit too because That's they they flat out yes. guard. I mean, you mentioned Garzon, she was all over. Yeah. Um and, and and Mackenzie Holmes swatting that shot mm-hmm. away at hers and getting her trapped a little bit in the corner there, knowing that she's going to have to throw it up. The shot clock's winding down. and Yeah, Mackenzie Holmes, to me, was the story of the game last night. Yeah. She's got an attitude on her. She really, and I love that about her. And they Good. were saying
1: last night, you know, hates to lose and that kind of And You could definitely see that coming, could.
0: coming off the loss to Illinois. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Was it her that kicked Clark when she was down in the paint? I know it wasn't an egregious right. kick, but she did. There was contact. She thrust her foot out. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. it's a little dirty, but it's sure yeah. but it's sport it's pushing the line it's absolutely the 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 women's game is catching up to the men's and men's are men's games can get out of hand. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that you know I want to see pushing and shoving and hair pulling and fighting and throw punches. It was okay. It's okay that the game is being played that way. I think it brings more eyeballs to, uh, to the game. I really do. Well, we'll see where they go from here. We know they play at noon, on uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, Illinois, the opponent. We'll get to um, Illinois
1: playing well too. Are they? They're a talented team that has not played well this season. And, well, they just. Throttled Indiana.
0: So, do do does every opponent now take uh, take this tape from last night and then even the fourth quarter against Nebraska when mm-hmm. they shut her down and, and face guard? I mean, mm-hmm. is this a concern? Is this an adjustment that I was capable of making? Got the Caitlin rules, like the Jordan uh-huh. rules back
1: in the day. And now yeah. there's only a particular teams that can that. Yeah, do the it. Pistons. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to do that. Right. It's easier said than done. And everybody has tried to do those kind of things. That's what you've been able to do for four years against Caitlin Clark. It's just there's few teams that'll be able to mm-hmm. do it. Illinois can guard you, though. And Minnesota can't. Okay. Ohio State. I don't know if they have the perimeter defenders to do it. They got That's a couple a pretty of good, good teams out there. But yeah. Well, and oh, was it Coda inside what she was able to do in the fourth quarter of that one? She was a beast, and Iowa did not have an answer for her. Mm. They'll get them in that one. Now, is the number one seat off the table? Does it really matter? Not really. You just don't want to fall down to the number two in the same bracket as South Carolina. That's what you need to stay away from. Yeah. And if you tack on another loss here, Mm. you lose in the Big Ten tournament. Mm. Suddenly, we could be talking. They're kind of sitting in that seven, eight, nine range,
0: Mm-mm-mm. and that means you're on the bottom probably, side of the bracket, probably with South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're going to have to get through them at some point, but mm-hmm. yeah, you obviously want to extend that I'd as long have it as, be as a you clean, can, right? Right. That's uh, that's for certain. All right, eleven fifteen. Chris Williams coming up. We'll talk to Chris at the bottom of the hour. Trent, we are in a collision, uh, a King Football collision. There's inter- there's infighting amongst King Football, and it has to do with the playoff. Um, on the on the first opening weekend of the college football playoff, it's December the twenty first. It's a Saturday. The NFL likes that day. The mm-hmm. NFL has always liked that day. They always play games on Saturday. College football playoff is scheduled to take place on Friday and Saturday. Something is going to give, don't you think? Who blinks? So, if college football <sighs> keeps their playoff there, and there's an and there's an NFL game that goes up against it. Who wins the day? And if college football playoff doesn't win the day and it's not a, 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 a game featuring two teams fighting for a playoff berth mm-hmm. and the NFL wins, what, what's going to happen? Well, the NFL is the king. And True, but the prince is <laughs> college football.
1: Yeah, I ultimately, if I'm college football, what I are say you do? this is our day. You're going to take it? Yeah. And, and just... if we have to go head-to-head, so be it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put up Panthers-Jaguars, Okay. If you want to put up even, I don't know, Chiefs Raiders, Chiefs Raiders, we'll see. I mean, because I don't know what they can. You don't do. have flexibility. I don't think in the they calendar. do.
0: No, unless, unless you're not play. taking
1: Sunday, right? You're not taking Thursday and could you take Thursday, Thursday Friday? Do it that way
0: potentially. Well, there's. The, I mean, there will be the uh, the Amazon Prime game you're going to have to go up against, but it's about the the two worlds are about to collide. Yeah, coming up in December. Well, you, so you know, you don't gonna, move. No. I don't know it. Don't, don't know, know how you
1: can right, and and those games. What do they mean to, ultimately to the bottom line of the NFL? Nothing, right? Nothing. Is it a little bit more money in the TV package? But is it uh, anything significant?
0: Probably not. No, they, I mean they they've been there because there's a lack of football on right. that day. Normally, bowl games. If they've if, if there's been bowl games that day, their group of five schools that started at eleven in the morning in the Bahamas. NFL back down. That's what I say. NFL. Get out
1: well, of the way. You have had a free minor league system for mm-hmm. 100 years now. And
0: now they've stepped into Black Friday, which right. has been mm-hmm. you know college football. Te- they've claimed that territory. And they're having the Friday night Brazil game coming up this year. They are, yeah. Who's in that? I saw uh, um, Eagles? Eagles, yes. We yeah, don't know who the opponent is. Right. But, but it's that's the a Friday night of, of Labor Day weekend. So yeah. we have Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, with the opener with the Sunday, Chiefs. Monday.
1: I saw there was numbers out there who the Chiefs would play in that first game offshore. You can bet on who their opponent's yeah, going to their be? Who their opponent will be in that first one. Now it's the, offshore. I mean, yeah. Is, but, is there one that's... I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I just uh-huh. remember seeing it come across. And it was like a week ago or something like that. Hmm. Pretty good angle, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll see if I can find that email because <laughs> that's a pretty good topic for us too, right? That's a good one to yeah. tackle and see who will be the opponent to open up the season. As they had the Lions this year, and of course took the L. And they did take the L. Didn't get the rematch though in the um, uh, in the Super Bowl.
0: So 2024. Oh, you're you're going there? Are you got my okay. Yeah, you picked uh, my interest. All right, so let's KC see. KC Chiefs schedule or opponents because the schedule's not out, right? Opponents. Where's the opponents? Um. Okay, here we go. There, Miller. Let's get the ball rolling. Um, that's the that's the road schedule. Oh, so, and I found the odds here. Oh, you did. Yes. Here's their home games. Of course, we know they play the Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Ravens. Let me go through them first. Mm-hmm. Ravens, Cincy, Is Cincy always play there. <laughs> Saints, <laughs> Bucks, Texans. Who am I missing? You, I believe you have them. They are, yeah, Saints. Ravens, Bengals, Saints, Buccaneers. There should be one more Texans, Texans. Yeah. Um, I was shocked oh, by the betting favorite. The bet. Okay, so you were shocked by the betting favorite. So I would have said the Ravens would be the team. So if you're shocked, it's not the Ravens is the favorite. They're the second choice. Are the Ravens? Um, Bengal and the Burrows. I mean, Burrow and the Bengals. They're the third choice. That's the game that really? I would put there. CJ Stroud? Nope,
1: they're the fourth choice. Not a divisional It goal, is. Is it? The Chargers with Harbaugh. With Harbaugh? I guess that's the angle yeah. that they're looking to attack. They're going to play the game anyway. Yeah. They're
0: usually great games. They are usually pretty good games.
1: We've seen the Chargers have been one of the few teams that is outside of the Raiders this year been able to go
0: into KC and actually uh-huh. win a divisional game. Uh, So that's the betting favorite. And here's the other thing about about taking them opposed to taking the Broncos to the Raiders. Who's going to be the Raiders' starting quarterback when the schedule comes out? Uh Who's going to be the Broncos' starting quarterback when the schedule comes out? We don't know. We don't know.
1: Saints are the longest shot at fourteen to one.
0: Mm-hmm. Bucks. We don't know.
1: Baker's going to be there. We They're don't. ten to one now. They're by the
0: time there. the schedule comes out, we should. But yes, we don't know right now.
1: So we, should we say right now? Cross off those four teams. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Raiders, Bucks, Broncos, Saints. Because of the quarterback questions. So it comes down to four. Uh huh. Ravens rematch of the AFC championship that seems a lot too logical to me where do you waste that game right and you put that one more november I mean, december you, Right. they could both have had teams had anything, are going
0: to be good anything last year they took the lions mm-hmm. right I now mean, it turned out to be a good game uh yes we scratched that off okay so it's not the ravens we saved them cincinnati great game great game but it's, one of
1: the Bur- Burrows, one of the few guys also it's been able to win in Arrowhead. That sounds like a Sunday
0: night December. Yeah, game I'm going
1: to gonna guess NBC says, "You know what? We'd love to have that in October." Uh, or
0: yeah, anytime, mm-hmm. right. So it comes down to the s- Texans, Texans or Chargers? Texans or Chargers? CJ Stroud playoff berth, it's Houston. I think you know what? I think it's I think you put up Houston because you want to showcase the young quarterback. I think that's a good one. And the player of the year on the defensive side of the ball also a Houston Texan, right? That helps. Um Huge market, number three market in America. Excellent point. Excellent point. I think it's you and what's the price on them? Plus four fifty. Uh-huh. We already got week one figured out, right? I well, Thursday night. Uh not I only there, that. you know what? Let's let's try and remember this that this is where we zero. Yes. Well we'll remember. Yes. We had this. Uh huh.
1: Um they also have point spreads for those week one oh, games. Oh my God. <laughs> if we get them. Uh, the Texans would be getting five. The Ravens would be getting a field goal, three and a half for the Bengals. Give me Cincinnati right now, uh-huh. sight unseen, plus three and a half if uh-huh. we get that. Uh-huh. Chargers getting five and a half, uh, seven for the Raiders, six and a half for the Bucks, six for the Saints, and the Broncos have the most points received, seven and a half. And with
0: Jared Stidham under center, I'll lay it. You would? <laughs> oh yeah, I think I would too. I, yeah, I think I would too. And, and I love my dogs. It. Yeah, I think I would with the Broncos and the Ray. We just don't know. We don't mean Kirk Cousins could be in Las right? Vegas. Yeah. I guess I don't think he can be in Denver. They don't have any money. They don't. Them and the Saints. The are, Saints broke too. You know, oh yeah, salary cap hell. Now, well, how did they get in this trouble? I mean, I know how Denver did. It's the worst trade in, in the history of the NFL. Oh, no, history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL, there's never been a worse trade. No, you know, there's never been. I don't give. Don't give. Don't give me Herschel Walker. Well, it led to a couple Super Bowls. Who? For Dallas. Well, yeah, okay, sure. For Dallas it did, for sure. That's why it's not on the list. Um, or maybe it should be on the list. But but Russell Wilson fleeced this team to the tune of, what, are you, $250 million? Yeah, that hurts. But hurts. that's not the trade, that's, that's the contract. That's part and parcel. You knew yeah. you had to sign them, and then you gave up all those picks to get them. Here are your teams that are in the
1: worst case salary-wise this season. The worst is the Saints. They are 83 million dollars well, over the that's cap. That's because Russell Wilson's still a Bronco. Ah. Bills 55. Yeah. Dolphins 51. Chargers. Good luck with the rebuild. 35 over the cap and the Broncos are 5th at 24. And and I
0: think they're they're staring down the barrel 35 uh, million against the cap if they cut Wilson. Teams with the most money to spend this offseason. Bears have to be close to the top.
1: They are number 3. The Commanders have the most, 73 million, the Patriots with 69, 66 for the Bears, Titans with 65 and that's even before Derrick Henry, right? And the mm-hmm. likelihood that he's not going to be mm-hmm. back in a Titans uniform and the Bengals with a lot to spend,
0: 59 for them. Uh non-playoff, 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 non-playoff. Now, the Bengals don't belong in that list because of injuries, but right. that's certainly interesting. All right, we'll get the time out. We'll come back. We're going to talk Cyclones with Chris Williams, see if he's got any intel as which direction Matt Campbell is leaning when it comes to filling Nate Sheilhouse's position. We'll talk to uh, Chris about that. Basketball on the docket as well. Miller and Condon were underway on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. All right, 1130, welcome back. to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX and O. Miller Condon, Merle Haggard, one of the great ones. Let's get our Tim buddy. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, another, another one of the great ones. Let's get Chris Williams in here, CycloneFanatic.com. Hello, Chris, how are you?
2: Good, fellas. What's going on today?
0: Well, uh, a lot of ground to cover with you. We appreciate you giving us the time here this morning. So let's start with uh, House, if you if you will, Chris, and um do you have any uh, backstory as to, look, he was going to get a job somewhere. He's he's one of those guys that's on a bunch of lists, and he will be a head coach, I agree. When do you think that um, that Campbell first got wind that the Rams are serious and Shieldhouse is listening in on this? Was Campbell caught off guard, I guess, is where I'm going?
2: I think so. Uh, I mean, they have a really good relationship, Matt and me too, so I'm sure that the second that... Nate was contacted that he, he told Matt, you know, from what I understand, Nate had turned down. I heard three different, like, higher level than Iowa State offensive coordinator jobs this offseason alone.
0: College so, or pro, do you know, Chris, both?
2: I believe college. I was not given the specifics on okay. that. I just know that he he's had a lot of opportunities to leave, and he stuck around. You know, I, I think it was a pretty bad kept secret that if Matt would ever leave, they would have probably looked to Nate mm-hmm. to be his replacement at Iowa State. And you know, th- this kind of reminds me guys of Ken, do you remember when Opselberger left and went to Washington?
0: Very well, and yeah. And we were all yeah.
2: we we're all like, Oh, that's a weird move. But yeah. like it I do think if if you ask T J what well, was one of the smartest things you did, it was to go out and mm-hmm. learn from other people at a young age. And, and listen, I'm not saying that Nate's gonna come back to Iowa state and be the head football coach someday. I mean, (laughs) to be honest, now that he's going and he's going to hang out with Sean McVay, like I would guess he's got the NFL in his future. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess my point is for a young coach, it it benefits you to move around and meet new people and make new contacts. And, and I think for shield house, like I don't necessarily know people realize how good he is. Like he, And you saw it at the end of last year, like some of the, some of the work he was doing in the, it was just unreal. Like he was playing chess out there and Iowa State lost a really good one, but I also know like that guy, in my opinion, in the next three years will be a head college coach or an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Like he's got a really bright future and who knows? He could be back here in five years, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. that's super possible too, that he would be certainly on anybody's. List at Iowa State because he's not only a really good coach, but he's a good dude, and people really like him, and that's really important in this state for sure.
1: This isn't just an Iowa State thing, this is happening more and more across the landscape as we see coaches leaving for not as good of at least title jobs to go to the NFL. Shieldhouse, a young guy, yeah, young family it's it's got to be a concern not just iowa state wise college football wise chris you love college football as much as anybody when you see these kind of things continue to happen and and understand the nfl and the grind that it is but it's not the grind of college football something needs to be fixed here i think in college football and the calendar and what these coaches have to do
2: i completely agree especially when you're starting to see now these guys like that it was like the georgia state guy or whatever <laughs> he's like yeah i'm done i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go be a coordinator and mm-hmm. even the chip telly was like god like like when does that happen in, in our past as a sport where a guy he's gonna leave for to be a coordinator in the job he's gonna leave a head coaching job a good one you yeah. know yeah. This is not rutgers like the ucla uh and he's like screw it i just want to go and i'm gonna go be an offensive coordinator where i can focus more on football and i don't have to deal with all the boosters and crap and it's it's really disturbing. I, I think that, especially when you get to the lower levels, I don't think it's going to change. I mean, like that Georgia State guy. He's like I, I think it was Georgia State, right? You, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, he was like, "Screw it! What am I doing? We we have no chance to win. All I'm doing is knocking on doors of restaurants trying to get five hundred <laughs> bucks to go to my running back." Right? Like yeah. this is not why. I listen, and I I think there's a lot of bad people in coaching. Okay, like I'm not. But there's also a lot of good guys, too, and who didn't get in it for that. And I don't know what the answer is. All I know is the way it is right now is completely screwed up. And the good news is I think they're working to fix it, but I also think that cat's out of the bag a little bit, too, when you read a lot of the stuff coming out of Dallas this week, and it's just its all about money. And if anybody says anything different, they're just flat-out lying to you.
0: Nope, you're 100% right. Uh, Jake Waters named the running back coach. Um, so I guess he was one of the names on the list internally, if if Campbell was to look internally to replace Sheilhaus. Uh, I don't think Waters is ready, um, but uh, so he, he certainly got a decent resume as far as playing career. Uh, so, is there anybody internally that? I mean, we hear Ryan Clanton; he was the co-offensive coordinator at U and I. Does Campbell look inside or outside for Sheehouse's replacement?
2: I think maybe a little bit of both. So there's there's one in-house guy. I think at the very least gets it gets talked to. It's Taylor Mauser. The tight ends coach. He's been there for like six years now. And the reason I say that is because of the timing. I think Mauser's a little bit, probably needs a couple more years to be an OC, but I do know this: Matt doesn't want to change things up. He really liked the direction. They've got all these guys coming back. I, I, I kid around cause I'm an air raid guy. Like they, <laughs> they will not be switching to that, you know, like that whoever gets the job, they want to stay on the same path schematically and, it's also, you got all these great young talents coming back. You don't want to – you have spring ball in three weeks. Right, 21st. So you don't want to change up their terminology and do all that. So that's one thing to keep in mind. So I think Mauser – my guess is if they went that route, it would be a deal where Matt says maybe there's, like, co-guys. They did that that one year, if you remember, after Manning left, which ironically brings me to the next guy, which is Joel Gordon, who – that year, I believe they would—they've never said it publicly. I think he called plays a lot that mm. year. I think it was 2018 or 17 or whatever year that was. And he went last year. He was their quarterbacks coach and left. He was Purdy's quarterbacks coach, so he has a nice, nice pedigree there. Longtime Campbell guy, and he was the offensive coordinator last year for Goalish down at. South Florida mm. and they had the 17th ranked offense in the country. So they had a really positive first year down there. I think if he would come back, that would be the best case scenario for them because this is a guy who fits in, you know, he completely has the trust of Campbell. The, those guys go back 20 years. Uh, that makes the most sense. And then the guy I know interviewed last year uh, was the Ohio offensive coordinator. He's got a weird last name. But another one who goes back with Campbell, you know, twenty some years to those days in the MAC, and they, I think that would be a guy who's pretty seamless too because of the relationships. But I, I just don't see, because of the timing and because of all the young guys coming back from last year, I don't see them going too far out. I mean, they'll, they'll interview some guys, and but if it, if it's somebody outside of the program now, it's going to be someone who has that Campbell connection because again, I just. I don't think he is too keen on changing. They don't really need to change much up, right? Like the ideal thing is to have like a clone of Nate Shielhouse because that offense was coming on so strong at the end of last year, and that's what they're going to try and do. Whoever it is,
0: Scott Icefording—is that how you say his Yes. Name?
2: Yes. I don't know how you say it, right? But that's, but that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy. I'm looking. At I'm almost bio. certain he interviewed last year when okay. they when they gave us Nate.
1: Last uh, year, a ton of talent coming back made the big run during October and November, and now you look at next season. Now, spring football will tell us a lot, but what else are they going to be shopping for? They brought a couple of offensive linemen in to help out there. What else, once we get through spring practice and that next portal window opens, what's Iowa State going to be shopping for?
2: Well, they got uh, um, the Army wide receiver, who mm-hmm. they really like. Yeah. That that would have been on, on the list. I think that they really probably could add another secondary guy, and the reason I say that is just because Cooper and Verdon are just so injury prone. Mm-hmm. They just, I, I don't even know if you mess with that. Cause it's like, they just hit so damn hard. <laughs> They're like Bob Sanders, but they don't really have the, the weight behind <laughs> them, right? yeah, So Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I think they could add some more depth there uh, for sure. Maybe if you could do an upgrade at linebacker, you would go that direction as well. Um, and definitely in the offensive line but they got their guy I mean the the princeton kid was the that was the one that was the guy that they really really wanted I think if, and he's got a chance to come in and start at left tackle and, and a lot of people think he's a future NFL guy I mean and that's not my opinion that he was wanted by I mean Mac Brown wanted him like they were really good offense mm. for that kid that they and they got him so I, I think he was the biggest piece. If they bring in more offensive linemen, I would guess they're more two D, three D type guys that they could develop and, and that type of a thing. They're just not a huge uh, portal factory, and you know, there's a, a lot of reasons for that. Like the the money you Iowa State's spending its money to keep their good players, you know, and they did that. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose any of those studs. Um, I, I just I, I don't see them being cra- like crazy headline-grabbing portal editions. if they're going to make any more. But, yeah, I mean, if they can fill in depth at those pieces, I think they're absolutely going to do it. And I will go to my grave. Uh, the, the best route for all these programs like Iowa State would be to just raid the FCS. I mean, there's good players all over the place, and you don't have to pay those guys hundreds of thousands of dollars just simply being in a better dorm room and getting your – you know, you're flying to games as opposed to bussing. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can utilize that. And so, again, but that that's not necessarily always sexy for fans, right? And But I, it just, there's just not a lot that you can do NIL-wise when you're competing with the Big Ten and the SEC, so you got to be creative.
0: Do you, do you have – because I'm guessing that Oneidam and Orange and Cooper um, um, on defense – and obviously, uh, a tight end um, Brommer for sure was, yeah. uh, and Beck for sure. Um, who else? Who are we missing? Because those guys would have had opportunities. I'm guessing that they shared in the NIL uh, pool, if you will. Am I missing anybody that would have been coveted, Chris? Uh, that I didn't I mean, name? Uh,
2: Sama, I would guess. Oh
0: yeah, after yeah. after the K State game, sure.
2: I, yeah. I I mean I I know Jalen Noel would have. Um, and Higgins for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Higgins will be drafted. I, I don't know where, but I I think he'll. He reminds me a lot of Xavier Hutchinson. Absolutely, so, yeah. Couldn't
0: agree with you more. Yep.
2: Yeah. So I, I think all those guys and, and I all the ones you listed off, I know like huge offers. Yeah. And they they really did. And I mean, and you go back to the year prior. I mean, TJ Tampa. Yeah. You know, the fact that <laughs> right. he stayed there, like he had offers like crazy. It, but it's again, like it does liking a place does matter and they've shown that it's not impossible but the problem is it's then when you get into the free agency market (laughs) Mm. i know people don't like being called that but that's true that's
0: exactly what it is
2: you just you're spending your money and you're doing your work to keep your current roster and keep developing those guys as opposed to being able to go out and buy people but i would also make the point that in the new big 12 probably a better way to do it because i just you know I think most of these Big Twelve programs will largely be developmental programs still, uh, just because of the money and the I think the ones that the I think Utah with like Whittingham being there forever, I think Iowa State with Campbell, I think it Gundy like I I truly believe that continuity will win out in that league. Um, because you're you wanna be it's kinda like Big Twelve basketball. I mean you wanna do whatever you can to stay old and like keep growing and I just Doing like what Kiffin does and like it, I think it'll work there because the players they're bringing in are so high end. But I just don't like with the caliber of transfers that these Big 12 schools are getting. Man, like bringing in 20 of them every year or 19 or whatever. It just, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense because then you have to reteach everything. I think you're better off finding the right fits and just, you know, doing what you can to keep your guys and developing that way in this new league. And I I totally realize saying that it's a completely different world in the SEC and the Big Ten.
1: Chris Williams joining us, Cyclone Fanatic, as we take a look around. Let's jump into some hoops with you, Chris. Uh, Back to Monday night just quickly for a moment. That's a six-point game with four minutes to play. They were right there with everything stacked against them, revenge angle for Houston inside their building, the way they defend. In a game where Iowa State didn't play particularly well, they had a shot in that game. I walked away, I think, maybe even more impressed than I had been going into that one, and I'd certainly been impressed going into that one. I think that said a lot about Iowa State now, and I, I keep hearing, oh, Sweet 16, Sweet 16. Don't put that as the ceiling on this team. It can go a lot higher, I believe, than a Sweet 16.
2: I'm with you, brother. I I, I said the same thing with Rob Gray and I when we did our post-game reaction. I. I, I thought they were going to get killed <laughs> when it yeah. when it was like four to eighteen or, yeah. what, or whatever it was like it was seventeen to six. Bloom, yeah, I looked at Bloom. I go, they're on pace to score sixteen points. <laughs> yeah, you know, and to have a game, I I don't know. I, I'm gonna keep saying. It. I think I've said it on your show five times. Best thing that ever happened to this team was Lipsy being out against mm-hmm. TCU, and those two guys. I think you can make an argument right now in Oxwood punch me if he heard me say this, that they're playing better offense when Lipsy's not on the court right no, now. And no. I'm not wishing him away. I'm just saying that Jones and Gilbert have really, really raised their game. And, you know, um, the fact that Taman had as rough of a game as he had, and you're you're still right. When you look at the usage, right, of, of Taman, I mean, you're running everything through him and Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And he played that poorly, and you're still right there. And I mean, that environment was crazy, too. Like, they, Houston was up for that one. There's celebrities all over the place. Like, that was nuts. And they're just so damn tough. You know, both of those teams, like, I, I can't say enough positive about Houston. I think they're phenomenal. Uh, I think it's, I can't, I, w- I want to see them in UConn play so bad. I do, too. On a neutral. Yeah. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. But I, yeah, I, I'm with you, Trent. I thought Iowa State was – I thought they outperformed. The metrics backed me as they jumped up from like 46 to 38 in their offensive efficiency after that one game. And this is absolutely – metrics-wise, not me being a homer. If you look at their metrics, they have a Final Four caliber of, you know – Offense and defense are both in the top forty. You're elite in one area. You have really good guards, and you have the much more than serviceable big men. Like mm-hmm. most of these Iowa State big men over the years, like they're just guys. You know, they've gone through the guard. And I would also make the point, like in state, that's why Iowa doesn't go far in the tournament because they've had really good bigs, but their guards have been lackluster. Uh, it's all gone through the backcourt for Iowa State, and now they're just a very complete basketball team. And you got a shooter on the outside. With Chilovich and I think that you know, I actually think it'd be really interesting. And I doubt they do it, but to sit Lipsy and do a little love management on Saturday, I think they should. Him,
0: I don't think I it's just crazy. Do. I really, yep.
2: think, I think they should. Even if you would lose, which I don't think that they would, you know, like to have him get eleven days off. Mm-hmm. You know, because you play on a Monday and yep. then you don't play again until like next Wednesday. I, that's what Self's doing right now, and everybody's freaking out about Kansas. Self is playing the long game. He knows he only has five, six guys, uh-huh. and he wants them to be as healthy and fresh as they can be for March. You watch it. Bet against Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. He will tank. <laughs> <laughs> he will tank in the Big 12 tournament. I promise you. You can't play with six guys mm-hmm. four days in a row like they're going to have to do, but they're not in the top four. So. What's that the likelihood of that, Chris? Even if Lipsy plays, it's like, do they have him on a minute
0: now? Well, they thing? should, at the very least. That should be the very least. So what? what's the likelihood that Lipsy sits tomorrow?
2: I haven't heard anything. That's just my speculation. I don't think but it's I, crazy. I do, he looked hurt. He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. He, he looked hurt. In the, he did not look banged up. He looked hurt in the second half. He In his one field goal, he got knocked to the floor, and it was a hell of a play. It was maybe the play of the game. And he got up and he looked injured, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it's possible. And it, they're not going to tell us. I would say 20 percent, and if not, man, you try and keep him below twenty five minutes for sure. Because it's like West Virginia doesn't care; they're they're going to go out and rough him up, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. the way they play, even yeah. though they they stink this year. Like they're still a physical Big Twelve type team. So if you I don't know. I I would strongly consider it. it. It'll be. I don't know what his diagnosis is or anything, but that shoulder, it's like he he's rubbing it all the time. Get him as much rest as possible and be ready and healthy as you can for March.
0: Chris Williams, Cyclone fanatic and Iowa everywhere. Chris, uh, thanks for doing this for us today, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you can find time next week. Thanks, Chris.
2: Yep. Thanks, fellas. Take yep. care.
0: Good to talk to you, Chris Williams. As we check in on Iowa State. I, I think it's a great idea. little load management down the stretch with Lipsy. Tomorrow, West Virginia should beat them without yes, Lipsy. Absolutely, Get them ready for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a little payback on Iowa State's mind yep. for the Oklahoma game. That'll give them 11 days. You've got the Big 12 tournament. You've got the big dance coming up. I like the idea. I do too. And, and the right team's in town to do it again. Yes. So no disrespect to the Mountaineers. Um, but this is the this is the right team to do it. Bob Huggins will not be on the sideline. That's true, Trent. Yeah. He won't be, will he? It's too bad. I I I, I wish he was Huggie. still coaching, don't I'm you? I'm with you. All right, coming up on ten before noon, we'll take our final time out of our number one. Tom Cakert's gonna join us at twelve fifteen. Look forward to get into the Hawks with Tom. Um, a lot of ground to cover with uh, TK. We'll do that and then give four of you an opportunity to win. Uh, some grub from the chicken coop. That's coming up in less than an hour. Miller and Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. With you here until one coming up at twelve fifteen, Tom Cakert on the Hawkeyes. Uh, about twelve forty four of you will have an opportunity to win some grub from the chicken coop. Well, state wrestling was last week. This Mm -hmm. is kind of the calm before the storm of the next two weeks girls tournament in town starting next week and then the boys follow up uh, what have you you got a game tonight
1: do yeah boys substate semifinal it'll be Waukee playing host to Southeast Polk 650 with the pregame seven o'clock with the tip on that one and then a busy week next week Monday afternoon I will be doing a game for the girls Union network uh, then I'll do the same on Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday afternoon. I will also have play-by-play Jeez. on the radio Tuesday night with the boys sub-state final, and then Thursday after, uh, morning at 10 a.m. we'll have the first of the five a semifinals. <laughs> as there'll be a guaranteed local team in that one, as the top side of the bracket is all CIML teams. Yeah, <laughs> one Kinda one like that. Yeah, the one and eight and the uh, four and five. So we'll get that semifinal, and then of course the championship game on Friday night. You can hear the games on the radio on 96.9 FM, and you can catch all the girls state basketball. Free of charge mm-hmm. on the Girls' Union Network over on YouTube and the finals on IPTV. So who do you work with on YouTube? Do you, do you get a, an analyst? Yeah, there's uh, a bunch of different ones that I've worked flooring? with. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, done games with Laura Leonard in the past. Wow. I've done some with a couple of us. Uh, is she
0: still doing Drake
1: games? She on? is, yeah. In fact, I flipped on a Drake game a week or two ago, and she was doing it.
0: Um, I think her and Larry
1: were actually doing the game together it's on
0: ESPN Plus. Yes, and it was really good listening. And Drake women won last night. They did. I right? think for their first place, they are good for them. they that
1: program coming yeah. along. Even all right, here goes Baranchek down to Oklahoma. Is what's
0: there, her? What's Bronzic's next move? Iowa. It is. Isn't? Oh yeah. It? Yeah, I think yeah. so too. When Bluter retires, yeah, yeah. that would be good. Foregone conclusion. Uh-huh. That's right. That would that would be good,
1: because. Jan's gonna retire with bluter. Yes. We anticipate, right? I, I don't see it any other way.
0: And I mean Fitz is with already her, with her Drake <laughs> went to Iowa with her, yeah.
1: I, I love Fitz, who was that three, you know, coach tandem that they had for years. Fitz retired. She's still around the pro I mean, she probably has a little bit more flexibility than being a full time coach, but do you have an office? Well, Fitz is the one that came up for the game plan in the South Carolina game last year. Wow. How's that to have that kind of game plan from somebody that's not, not in even the a payroll? Full-time, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> not even a full time coach? That's pretty good. You get that kind of uh Head of the game, so yeah, that's what I think ultimately is kind of the destination. But mm-hmm. how much longer does Bluter have? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's next year's gonna be without Caitlin a lot different back to reality, right? Uh-huh. And though the program has hummed along and done a really good job, this has ascended it. To a level that... It'll never be seen again. Trent. No. It never will. She's generational.
0: Megha fr- Govzuson was a great player. Great player. We forgot about
1: her after a year. And a great ambassador to the yes. program. As nice of a person I as you can be. I kind of feel
0: bad for her, Trent. She, yeah. did, she didn't get her you know, her time to glow in it a little bit. Took their, them
1: to their first Elite Eight cents. Uh-huh. They made the Final Four back in the early 90s. Oh, and then here comes this little freshman. <laughs> right? Kind of changed the yeah, uh, equation just a
0: little bit. I'll say...
1: But you're right, Gustafson's just almost Mm -hmm. been forgotten. She has. Because, okay, she was a good player, and they've Uh had good players. And you go back and they've had Big Ten Player of the Years and things like that, but... Caitlin
0: Clark. Well, I tell you, I've told you, I'm attaching my women's fandom going forward after this year. You're going to Iowa State. I am Audie Crooks, baby. All day, long. I love the way she plays. Yes, and she puts it. I mean, I, I love Hopefully, she'll be able to stay on the floor a little bit longer as she, <laughs> you know, her career goes on. But man, the numbers she's putting up as a freshman in the Big Twelve, good for her. In a good Big Twelve. Yes, good for her. Yeah, I'm all in on Audie Crooks after the Caitlin Clark era uh, comes to an end, which. It's coming up next month some point. I think so. I, oh, I'm there's people not nah, they're dead there's no wrong, Yeah, they're wishful thinking on their part. My wife among them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> We had that argument last night. Oh, you did. Uh.
0: Let her win. Let uh-huh. her win. I did. Hour two coming up next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Oh.